Welcome to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm Mitch Album, your host. I'm also the author of Tuesdays with Maury, the book upon which this podcast is inspired. Back in 1995, I sat alongside my dying professor's chair in his home as he was passing away slowly from Lou Gehrig's disease and had the privilege of taking a last class, if you will, in what's important in life once you really know you're going to die, as Maury did. And many of those lessons, which I put in a little book called Tuesdays with Maury, still resonate with me and apparently with a lot of people around the world a quarter of a century later. And each week we examine one of those lessons that I learned and how it still holds up today and can fit into our lifestyles today, and particularly today, today, in this crazy year that we've been enduring. Lisa Goitsch is alongside, as always, my friend and producer of this podcast. Lisa, good to see you. Nice to see you, as always. As we head into January, and now people are probably already broken most of their New Year's resolutions about weight loss and gyms and things like that. Today, we're going to talk about an idea that Maury shared with me way back there in 1995 that I think is particularly pertinent for this new year. I don't mean a New Year's resolution. I mean this new year of 2021. We all hope that 2021 is going to be a lot different, right, Lisa, than 2020. Mm -hmm. We don't need to see that year again ever in any of our lifetimes. If it's another 100 years before we have another year like that, that would be fine by me. I assume it would be fine by you. Uh, But 2021 offers us the possibility of doing a lot of things that we didn't do in 2020, but not just repeating what we got shut down. I mean being open to something new. I mean taking on 2021 as a challenge and saying, okay, I, I had this artificial stop in my life. I had this red light called coronavirus and shutdowns and lockdowns, and it just changed everything that I knew. Mm -hmm. But okay, did it offer me an opportunity to also kind of reexamine what I knew and be brave enough to stretch myself this year into new experiences, stretch myself. And stretching is what the theme of today's program is going to be, stretching yourself into new experiences, not yoga stretching. Although if you want to try that, that's fine. (laughs) I go in and out with yoga. Uh, I I did it for a number of years, the hot yoga, the Bikram yoga, and uh, got pretty good at it and got to the point where a naturally tight body, which is what I walk around with most of the time, with hamstrings Uh that are very tight and calves that are very tight and, uh, you know, nothing comes easy in a stretch, to being a very flexible person. And I really liked it. Like, Uh, when I was at the movies, for example, I got to the point where I was so limber from doing this five times a week that if someone had to come and walk in front of me, I could lift (laughs) my legs Uh and they could walk in front of me as opposed to, you know, squirming to the left or squirming to the right. I actually was limber enough to lift, pull my legs to my nose which I thought was great. And I'd never been that loose. And I could not right. only touch my toes, I could put my knees like almost between my, uh, my nose between my knees. And then, uh, I don't know, life happened and things slowed down. And, and I stopped doing it after I had done it for probably about six, seven years. 
And oh, I stopped. Wow. Yeah, I did it for years. And I stopped doing it. And sure enough, I got tight again. And mm. I, I, that, I reverted back to my natural tightness where I could not touch my toes without, you know, taking 10 minutes to warm up for it. And no right. longer could I lift my legs and let you go past. And, you know, there's no more putting my knee, no, nose between my knees. Not that there's much use for that in life. But it's symbolic in its own way that when we don't try to stretch and we don't make stretching part of our actual routine in life, we tighten up. We revert back. Mm -hmm. We go to our comfortable zone. Yeah, we become inflexible. Inflexible. And I, while, while it works for the physical part, I really mean mm -hmm. mentally and internally. Yes. So we're going to examine how you can stretch yourself to new experiences. Here's Maury on this particular day. This was in September of 1995, just two months before he died. And it's interesting that two months before he died, he's talking about new experiences and growing, etc. Listen to how he sets this up. The idea that I like to sort of propose and push is that we should all try to live our full humanity. Mm -hmm. And very few succeed, but that should be our goal. That means becoming emotionally, intellectually, psychologically, physically, socially, so on, developed as far as you can go in a positive direction. So we are so little evolved, really, as human beings in that direction because we are so self and other destructive. Okay, so what he means by that, to set this up, is we're all naturally tight. We're all more naturally like that version of myself that I said that couldn't touch my toes and couldn't do a back bend and, and couldn't bend to the side or lift my nose to my knees or any of those things. We're all kind of like that. What does that mean emotionally? We have our world that we live in. We have our friends. We have our community. We have our points of view. We have our chosen cable news channel, and we don't tend to want to hear the other ones. We have our sources of input on the internet. We don't really want to hear other ones. We got our routines. Once in a while, we might take a vacation. But even those, as you get older, start to become predictable. Oh, let's go back to, let's go back to, yeah. we had a good time there. Let's go back to, whereas, you know, if you think about like when you were in your 20s or in college, everything was new. And so wherever you went was a new place. And you said, let's try this one. Let's try this one. When did you go from saying, let's try to let's go back to? Ask yourself yes. that question. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself that question. Even in restaurants, I found oh. as, as the years have passed, when I was younger, oh, there's this place here, let's go, let's try that one. Oh, there's this mm. place here, let's try that one. Now as I'm older, it's let's go back to, let's go back to, you want to try that new one? Nah, try a new one. <laughs> ah, let's just go back to, okay. We are, we're tight, right? We're tight. Yeah. We're, 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 we, 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 we just get tight in our habits. 
And Maury was talking about stretching yourself, stretching those habits. Listen as he continues. We got a long way to go to really realize what we can be. Sometimes you get glimpses of that, you know, but by and large, most people are asleep. They conform to what the culture tells them they should be. They don't use their intellectual capacities very much. They don't use their emotional capacities. And so they go through life at a very, I consider, minimal level. And then they die. And they never understood what their life was supposed to be about. Okay, Mm. now that is a harsh sentence Mm -hmm. right there. It's harsh. It's a harsh sentence to read, and it's a harsh sentence as if you were convicted of it. But is it true that most people don't use their emotional capacities? Most people don't even use their intellectual capacities very much? Before anybody gets insulted by that, ask yourself, or if you don't want to say yourself, let's talk about your friends. (laughs) What was the last book you read from cover to cover? It's not that hard to read a book. How many people even bother to do it once they're adults? I know so many intelligent adults who it's been 10 years since they read a book from cover to cover. Why? Yeah. You know, they go and watch movies from beginning to end, watch the same movie over and over, see The Godfather 14 straight times, don't pick up a book. We're all probably guilty of not using our intellectual capacities as much as we can. We're a lot smarter than we think we are. But we kind of consider stopping, our learning stops when we reach a certain age, high school, college, graduate school age. And then it's like, we're not learning anymore, we're doing. We draw this line between learning and doing. We're, we're, we're doers. We don't have to take in anything. We don't have to stretch. We're just going to keep doing and get tight in our doing. Yeah, I think I think we learn if it's, let's say, if it pertains to our work, when we have to learn, you know, when we're like, it's like forced learning and forced stretching. But as far as things go on your own, People don't really do that. Like when you say books, it's so funny. I am a, I am a, what would you call it? A habitual book buyer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I own right. a thousand books on my Kindle. Right. Um, but reading them, I'll start, I'll read two pages. I get distracted. I go on the internet. I find something else to do. And then I'm back to my own self again. Right. So uh, that is so true. It's I hard. Try. Yeah. It's, Does it, it count? It, listen, yeah, it counts. It counts. Trying counts a lot. It's hard to do in this culture. You know, you get into your routine and there's so many routines that we can do. We don't even really leave ourselves time to daydream, if you think about that. I had a friend who was in the movie business, still is, accomplished guy, you'd know his films, and he was telling me how he organized his day. And for someone who made as many films as he, he did, and I, I thought it would be extremely packed But he had a few things that he did every day, but then there was a block of time that was just empty. And I said, empty? You mean like not writing? or No, 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 not writing. That's not empty. That's writing. Uh, Directing? No, no, that's directing. That's not So what? Just empty. Empty. I said, well, why empty? I mean, you're so successful, you're busy. Why empty? And he said, I have to have my time to daydream. Mm. And I was very impressed with that. And I Mm. thought, well, sure, here's a creative type. 
if you don't leave yourself enough time to even get ideas, if you're so busy working on your ideas, or you give yourself, you, know, you allow one minute a day for new ideas, and then you start working on them, working on them, working on them, working on them, are you really delving into your full imagination? Or are you just tapping the top of it? It's a little bit like you, Lisa, with the books. I want to have a book. I want to have a book. I really want to read that book. Let me buy that book. Then you read two pages of the book. So you did buy it, you did start it, but then you got distracted, went on to something else. You're not really stretching yourself right. as far as you could. And what he left time for was that his imagination could stretch and not feel like, oh, that's a good idea. That's, oh, five minutes, I got to go. I, I, better, I better wrap up this idea. It, he could just daydream. Remember when we were kids and we used to lie in the grass Remember that feeling mm -hmm. of lying in the grass and you put your hands locked behind your head and you could feel the blades of grass between your fingers and, and pointing into your scalp and then you would look up at the sky and you would just watch clouds. And I always liken that to like that sense of there was nothing that you had to do right at that moment. If you can mm -hmm. lie in the grass and put your hands behind your head and look at the sky, there is nothing that is pulling you away. So your imagination is now truly relaxed, and you can actually let it wander wherever it would go. But when was the last time you did that as an adult? Yeah, that's a really good point, because as you were talking about this person, I kept thinking, wow, that's a really great thing. I could benefit from that every day. But here's my problem. Where do you find the time to do that, right? Uh, then I realized we just bought these two lounge chairs for our backyard. Now, thankfully, we live in Los Angeles where I can go lay out in my... It was right. 89 degrees here yesterday. Oh, gosh. Um, and I thought, you know what? Those lounge chairs, I'm going to make a dedicated space of time every day to go lay out there. Does he say how long he does his imagination? Oh, was that, it was a few hours. Yeah. Oh, I can't have that. That would never day. work. Well, but you're oh, not in God, that I same. That. You're not in that same world necessarily either. Uh, no, but, but I have things I do. I have my sure. little company that I do on the sure. side, and sure. I started a publishing company this year, and I have two books that I want to do on my own by the end of the year, and so that kind of stuff I have to. And cards, I'm doing these like um, sort of like playing cards sort of things. And so I need the time to think about those, but I never have it yeah. because I have another job that holds me down right. all day long. Well, so that's, that's where you have to examine the way your life is constructed. Mm -hmm. And I'm mm -hmm. not going to turn this into a personal therapy session for you, Lisa. No, uh, but, but I'll I'm say to you what saying, I'm saying to everybody else. I get and it. And that's, yeah, you got to examine that. I, and if you don't have enough time to think or imagine, you know, Maybe you have to carve out. Maybe it's weekends. I don't know. Yeah, but I say that because I think that's a universal issue for a lot of people is that we all wish we could sit and daydream during the day, but there are so many things that take up our time. How can we do that? Right. But we should. It's just right. as important as exercising. Right. And I don't want people to get hung up on the daydream thing because for many, that's going to seem really like just being lazy. Mm. Uh, uh, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, daydreaming for a creative type is necessary because that's where ideas come from. It may not be necessary in your particular world, whatever, whoever you're listening to us or wherever you do, because you may not be so oriented towards ideas and creativity, but you may need rest or whatever. But, but let's not get hung up in the daydream thing. Let's just talk about finding room to stretch. Again, that was stretching 
imagination-wise. That's what he does. He stretches his imagination by giving himself room to do so. All right, let's return to what Maury said about you know people not using their intellectual capacities as much as they can, not certainly not using their emotional capacities as much as they can, because I'm sure Maury would have said that one of the most important things that you could do with that time is to be with other people and be present with other people and talk to other people and share your time with other people have nothing to do with your own daydreaming. So this is not just about self-help or self-improvement. This is about becoming a better human being. So the steps that you take, practical steps now to do that. Let's listen to Maury as he begins that. The first beginning is to recognize that that's where you are and not to be defensive about it not to think that, oh, that's terrible, and therefore, you know, get all twisted about it, but to say to yourself, hey, my life is too restricted, my mind is too restricted, I am too fully conditioned by this culture. How can I step out? Now, Lisa, he could have been listening from heaven and sent that message right to you. Because that is exactly a response to, okay, my life is too restricted. That's what he said. You said that too. My mind is too restricted. You basically said that too. I'm too fully conditioned by this culture. How can I step out? The culture meaning you've got to have that other job. You've got to have that other job because you need to earn a certain amount of money. You need to earn a certain amount of money because you want to be able to have the house, the car, whatever it is that everybody kind of accepts as, well, yeah, that's a decent life. That's what we want to have. Okay, I'm not criticizing any of that. These are all choices that people have to make. But we have to recognize that how much of what we think we need, we need, is really a little bit more about what we want than what we need. There's a big difference between need and want. Mm. Maury has said it in previous podcasts. We, we've, we've played mm. it. You know, mm. you don't need the chocolate bar. You want that chocolate bar. You know, you don't need the milkshake. You want the milkshake. All right. So how much is need and how much is want? And how much is the mm. culture telling you this is who you have to be? Well, one of the ways you get around it, and I always thought that this was, it sounds simple, may sound expensive, But it is absolutely true. I can testify to it. Listen to what Maury suggests first off the bat. I think the first way to step out, if you can afford it, is to go around the world and live in different cultures. And then you'll start to see how limited you are from your own culture. Mm -hmm. That could be a great first step if you have the means. Okay. He said if you have the means, so we understand that. We're not saying, okay, everybody, just get on a round-the-world trip and go do it. But yeah. when, I was, when I was younger, I did travel, not around the whole world, but I went on a, a number of trips during college and summers. And in my last one, when I graduated, I went to Europe with a friend of mine, and we did the proverbial backpacking you know, all across Europe. And I ended up in Greece— And while I was waiting for an airplane to eventually take me home and start my life as I thought I needed to start it, I was uh, sidetracked by a job offer that came out of the blue through a newspaper 
for a piano player who was wanted on a resort island. Somebody showed me this ad in a Greek newspaper. I was in Athens. I was there for a couple of days before the plane left. And I, I remember looking at the ad and thinking, well, I could just leave this alone. Because I was a musician back then, and that's what I wanted mm -hmm. to do. So I just, you know, leave it alone. There's part of me that said, okay, well, whatever. Now let's go on. But there was this other little voice inside me that said, you should explore that. You know, there's an ad for a piano player. You're a piano player. You're in Greece. You're on an adventure. You don't have to be in America for another two days. Go down and see what it's like. Go take the interview. What could happen? What's the worst that could happen? You're right. not going to stay here anyhow. And maybe it would be good practice for an interview when you go back to the States, if there's a job for a piano player. So I went. And I thought, of course, that uh, there'd be a million people lined up for this because the ad said, wanted piano player for luxury resort island hotel. That so I went glorious. down there. Yeah, I went down. <laughs> right. I went down there and it turned out I was the only person there. And the woman, there wasn't even a piano there. It was just a desk <laughs> and there was a woman and she said, you play piano. She took my word for it. I said, yeah. She ended up giving me a plane ticket. And this is a long ah. story for another show, but she ended up giving me a plane ticket and I flew over to the island of Crete that afternoon and wound up playing piano that night in this beautiful lounge of this beautiful resort on the on the Aegean Sea and got the job and ended up living there for the next six or seven months and had the time of my life and something that to this day still affects the way that I view the world. I ended up spending six or seven months there. I was the only American. All the people I met were Greek or French or German uh, it was very much a European resort, and mm -hmm. I had to get by without my own language for much of the time, and I had to communicate through music. I saw how people worked in other countries. I saw how they got paid. I saw what they considered a working wage and what we consider a working wage, what they considered a working day and what we oh, considered yeah, a that, working uh -huh. day, the hours, the work ethic, all the rest of it. It was incredible, yep. and it has been incredibly valuable. And I did that on mm -hmm. a whim, but it turned out to be, I would say, one of the most important decisions of my life because it took me out of the path that I was already headed on that I thought I knew I had to be here. I had to get back to America and start my career. Well, I didn't. I really didn't. I was able to start this alternative life, and that alternative life for that stretch of time has informed me for years and all the travel I ended up doing, and in fact, Probably the job I ended up choosing uh, after I got out of music, uh, I got into journalism and I wanted to travel, you know, and I ended up going into sports because you can travel all over the world in sports. And I did. And much mm -hmm. of that came from taking that chance on going to another country and living in that other country. Now I've since lived in numerous other places and I'm, of course, in Haiti every single month and, and, and basically live in two cultures now. Uh, and it's all part of that stretch that was easy to do when I was younger. If somebody asked me to do it today, hey, just drop what you're doing and go take a job as a piano player in Greece, I don't know that it would have been so easy, but it had a huge effect on me. I had the same sort of thing that happened in my 20s. I think I was in my, I think I was 29, something like that, when I got a job offer to go to the Cayman Islands and do comedy. 
I was the house MC at the Coconuts Comedy Club wow. <laughs> in Grand, on Grand Cayman for almost a year. I was there on and off because of the visa. You'd have to go back for a certain right. amount of time and then come right. back. And uh, a friend of mine was the MC, and he had to leave the island. So he asked me if I'd want to take over his gig. And it was it happened at the perfect time of my life because I had a day job. I was a copywriter. This is about when I met you, actually. Mm -hmm. um, I had a day job as a copywriter, and I wanted to jump into comedy full time. And it was the perfect way to do it because here I am. I didn't make much money at all. Right. Um, but I didn't. Here's the funny thing. I didn't need money. Mm. I came home from this island gig after a year I had more money in my savings than I have now. Uh, yeah. uh, I came back with experiences. And like you say, I met people from all over the world. Right. And it influenced everything I do today. I wish I could do something like that right yeah. now. But I am so not elastic right now. Not like I was then. Right. And I wish I could be that person again. I exactly. would kill well, for that elastic, gig again. Elastic yeah. <laughs> is a good word. Because you need to be elastic to do what? To stretch. Yes. Right? You need yes. to have that flexibility to stretch. Now, yes. we've got listeners all over the place and they're all they're different backgrounds. This may resonate more for you if you are young and thinking of you know, if you're not wedded to a career, if you're not wedded to another person, if you're not wedded to a living in a particular place or family members, you may be able to pick up and go. I heartily recommend that you do. If you have an opportunity as Maury said, if you can afford it, if you can step out, go see other cultures, live other cultures if you can. You don't need to live there for years. If you live someplace for six months, even three months, what it does is it shows you that there are other ways to deal yes. with the world. And one of the great informing philosophies that I have had as a result of early travel in my life was that whenever I would wake up over the years in you know, maybe feeling a little blue or feeling a little stuck uh, or feeling a little cramped in in terms of the approach to something, I would always sit, lie there and say to myself, right now, as I'm facing this and feel like this is all there is, right now in Australia, it's six o'clock at night and a bunch of people are having a campfire out on... Uh, you know, Bondi Beach outside of Sydney. Or right now, it's six hours later in France and someone is just uh, living their little, I'm going to write the great American novel life in some hovel in, in a little French, you know, uh, uh, that attic. <laughs> and, they come, and they're coming down for some I coffee. You know, and right I now, be that person. right, and right yeah. now, someone is is just living on a in, in a tent somewhere out in the in, in a beautiful mountainous area. Right now, all these things are happening at the same time. My life isn't the only way the world goes around, and mm. those people are just as legitimate as me. And their lives and concerns to them feel every bit as real as mine does to me. So what do you conclude from this? I could be that person by dint of getting on an airplane. By tomorrow, the they could be me. And I always remind myself of that, that you are only an airplane away from a whole different existence. And mm -hmm. when you look at the world that way, 
you don't feel con- reined in. You realize at any time, if you really chose to, you could stop what you're doing here and survive someplace else. Now, I meet a lot of people who never travel anywhere, and they don't get this. They think, oh, you can't just go to another country. I mean, uh, you'll catch things, and, 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 and there's diseases, and they speak another language, and all, all those things that people are afraid of because they've never stretched themselves. But once you have that muscle memory, like me and my yoga, comes back. And if you start back up again, it returns to you. And you know that there is nothing to fear. You don't need to feel like this is the only way of life. This is the only culture because you've seen other ones, right? Well, also right now today, um, especially in this country right now, oh boy, what a wonderful way to stretch your mind and to stretch your beliefs is to look inside the lives of others. I think we really need that right now. And it doesn't even take, let's say you can't afford to go someplace else, watch a documentary, read a book about another culture, um, do something like that. Because I think if we start seeing that other people live differently than we do, we can start opening up our minds to other thoughts, you know, and other ways of thinking. And, And they are eating and sleeping, and loving, and raising children, and all that, and, and, and in a whole different way, and different place, different time, different language, different, but it's just as real, mm-hmm. and just as right to them as ours feels to us. And when you can really sort of build that into your psyche, you have now stretched yourself, and it will come in very, very handy. Now, you mentioned, what if you can't do the physical travel? You don't have the time, you don't have the money, you don't have the means. Okay, Maury had a suggestion for that as well. If you don't have the means, then I would suggest you take all the available groups that you can. You go to a group that believes in meditation. You go to a very intellectual group. You go to a political group. You go to and radical ones, different ones than the ones you've been used to, and say, I want to keep my mind open. That's the key sentence. I want to keep my heart open so it can grow. I want to keep my social relations open so I can see what other people are like. I want to learn about the nature of my unconscious so I can see the kinds of things that are standing in my way from seeing myself clearly. So you see here, as you suggested, Lisa, you don't need to have an airplane to make this happen. In your own community, you can go to other areas. You can go sit in on a group, on a class, on a whatever, and, and, that you would not, not otherwise have normally done. And if people say, mm-hmm. what are you doing here? You say, you know what? I just want to see what fill-in-the-blank is about. And yes. that will broaden your experience just by putting yourself in a place, as I did in that interview in Greece, put yourself in a place that you would not otherwise find yourself, and then see what you can absorb. Yes, you know, it's a great time to do that is summertime when people have festivals. There's always uh, ethnic festivals that go right. on. Those are the best for opening your yourself up to cuisine, people, right. dancing, music, all of that stuff. I love doing that. 
and it's easy and it's fun and you get to eat and have, have a great day. <laughs> yeah. and, and, well, festivals are great and those are wonderful uh, cultural exhibitions. It's also good to get yourself into a place where you can have intellectual discussions with people who are open to your being there. Because sometimes you could go to a festival mm -hmm. and just be an observer. You know, you're just kind of watching and watching, which is fine. It's better than not going. But you could also feel like, well, I'm not a part of this. And, and if other people are there who are part of that and they're not going to take time to include you, you could feel a little bit still arm's lengthish, you know. But if you can get into some kind of group or experience or class or something where you are enveloped, you are embraced as part of it, and you might be the only non-German in the group, you might be the only white person in the group, you might be the only whatever, but if you're part of the group, then you really will get to observe something that you're not normally seeing mm -hmm. and, and be a part of it and, and, and exchange opinions and hear things, not just watch from the sidelines. And so this is something you don't need an airplane to do. You, you, you can just go. And the point of it isn't to convert. The point of it isn't to become any of the groups that you go and join. You're fine the way you are. The point of it is to, as, as, as Maury said, see yourself more clearly. Understand yourself by understanding other people. Take what works for you from other cultures and absorb it into you and say, I can be my own creation. Maury did that mm -hmm. a lot with religion. We've talked about that in the past. He looked at himself as a mutt. That was how he described himself. I'm a religious mutt. He, he was born Jewish, but he liked a lot of what Buddhism uh, said. He liked some of what Hinduism said. He, there were some things that Jesus said that he embraced or whatever, and he didn't look at us like, well, I can't, I can't do that. That's not my group. He said, well, mm -hmm. I, I want to I see what's good, and let me embrace that, and let me create mm -hmm. my sort of own kind of thing. Now, I don't mean to be sacrilegious, and there are people who are saying, no, part of faith and religion is following the edicts of that, and I understand that. But for people who aren't as fervent about that, you can kind of create your own worldview, and that's what we're talking about here. You stretch and you create a worldview of your own. Little Knox has just walked into our room here. You want to say hello to the uh, people, Knox? Hi, Knox. Hello. Yeah. Hello, Knox. This is a perfect example. I, and I promise you the timing was not purposeful. <laughs> but Knox is living with us uh, for now because he's getting therapy. And so we have a beautiful nine-year-old Haitian boy who brings his own culture and his own view of things into our lives every day. And we don't look at it as like, well, we're doing this for class. We're doing this so we can expand ourselves. We're doing this. It's part of what we need to do. He needs to get therapy and he needs to get it up here. So who else to stay with but with us? He comes from our orphanage in Haiti. But meanwhile, it enhances us so much just to hear his mm -hmm. take on things and his his particular curiosities and the way that he speaks and all. And, and it, it really does open your mind and reminds you that there are people all over the world who are breathing and sleeping, same as you are right now, but in a whole different way. And you can be part of that and you can embrace that and you can learn from that if you will stretch yourself, if you yep. will stretch yourself. So to sum it up, listen how, how Maury kind of put a ribbon on it at the end. It seems to me if you take the, all those steps, you've made a big leap forward to getting yourself open. So you just look over the whole 
spectrum of possibilities in life mm -hmm. and try to experience them mm -hmm. with the mind always open to the experience, mm -hmm. even though it's difficult and frightening and so on. That's how you might change. So to me, this is much better than a New Year's resolution of no more ice cream after dinner. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. Yes. But expand your mind, expand your possibilities, see and live other experiences, whether you physically do it and by traveling or whether you emotionally do it by joining other groups or just exposing yourself to different places. Say you're going to go to that different restaurant instead of the same old ones. Do that, mm -hmm. you know, try to get your nose to your knees, not literally, but, <laughs> uh, you know, figuratively. Get your nose to your knees, stretch a little bit, get those muscles pulled out. You have more intellectual capacity than you realize, more emotional capacity than you realize. None of us are really using it full bore. And if we do, wow, the possibilities are really mind-blowing. And so hopefully there's a, that's an optimistic approach to 2021. Think of the word stretch. Can you stretch yourself in 2021 to even greater heights? You may not actually be able to become taller, but figuratively you will be. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Tuesday People podcast. We do this every week. You can find out more about our previous podcasts and get in some great discussion groups and learn much more about the whole Tuesdays with more experience at we Tuesday people.com on the web. We Tuesday people.com on the web. Thank you, Lisa. As always a pleasure to visit with you. I'm going to go stretch right now. Let's go stretch right now. And until we see you again uh, with another lesson inspired from Tuesdays with Maury, this is Mitch album on behalf of, Tuesday People podcast saying we will see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People. <laughs>